I've been dating since I was 15. I'm exhausted. Where is he? Who? The White Knight? That only happens in fairy tales. My hair hurts. Charlotte, honey, did you ever think that maybe we're the White Knights? And we're the ones that have to save ourselves? That is so depressing. Charlotte episode. I don't really know what kind of clips I want to be able to get for Charlotte, man. Charlotte's an interesting character in the sense that the first two seasons, she was basically all one-liners, but she didn't really get any kind of real development until season three. Right. I mean, her only development in the first two seasons is the one to be like, "Ugh, you do what? And then like move the move the column plot along. Yeah. Except I'm going to go to bat for season one Charlotte real quick, though. Because I do feel like we get to see her invest in her work in a way that we don't necessarily get to see the other the women most. do. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically the painting episode where we get to see like her taking like a, a personal risk. Yeah, but mostly like a creative risk with like a, a person who has, has has invested in her business wise and admires her not in a sexual or romantic way, but in an actual like he sees the work that she does. He sees the vision that she sees. And he like wants to honor that with a piece of art devoted to her. Yeah. And I think that like, I was ready for more stuff like that. And then we just didn't get any more until the third season. Was the painter like one of the first honorable things that a a man did in the the entire series? Really? Hilarious. Uh, Probably. Yeah. He was a fucking yellow King. Yeah. That was that was really a shock to kind of see, honestly. But yeah, he was he was like one of the first actual decent guys on the show. And the thing is, like, didn't he he only had like two lines basically? Yeah. He didn't have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like so. also I I loved that the wife was also like there to try and make her comfortable. Like she it wasn't like he's like, I paint vaginas in secret, because it totally could have been that, and then that would have sucked. No, they they oh, leaned ta- into it the right way. Oh, we're talking about two different things. I'm sorry. You're talking about the old guy. Yeah. I was talking about the the uh, the Hasidic Jew that Charlotte ended up boning. Also which... a great a great moment, but uh, yeah. no, that was not the one I was thinking of. Okay, but yeah, I do <laughs> agree though about the um about the point about Charlotte. Like obviously, like the show's built on Carrie and her you know, daily call, well, weekly call on whatever, but, you know, for Miranda, like, I mean, no one really gives a shit about lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, Samantha, Samantha's job in itself is cool and they flesh it out more when they have Smith on the show, but I do think that they did give Charlotte a pretty good shot at showing, like, her career, and then when she has to, when when she chooses to leave it to be just a housewife for Trey, you actually kind of feel the weight of that, and you can, you kind of know it's, it's a mistake, but it's just one of those things to where women have to make that choice all the time, unfortunately, so I felt yeah. it. I felt it kind of grabby, that choice. 
I I agree with that because honestly, she was the only one who like up until the last season, honestly, and then it was still her. She's the only one who got married out of everyone. And so to see her get be so excited about marrying Trey and going through that whole process and then seeing them go through their problems and her struggles and her desperation to make it work while being surrounded by the sex pot in Samantha and the bad columnist and Carrie and the boring lawyer Miranda. <laughs> it's like we already mentioned that Carrie was a shit friend, but they would listen to her, but at the same time they were making fun of her and giving her advice that was funny, but not always the best advice. Uh, especially Carrie, which we've mentioned before. So seeing her what go through the, trying to make her marriage work and then the separation and then eventually coming to the realization it wasn't going to work and then watching her find herself, even though it was a little rushed with Harry, watching her fall back in love with someone else and then ultimately it'd be the end game for her relationship as far as the series goes. I thought she did carry a lot of weight as far as the marriage department went just because she was the only one that went through it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that you, you even touched on, account when you said when things felt rushed with Harry, on one hand, if you look at the show in like totality, you really don't necessarily know, at least when I rewatch the show, you don't necessarily know why she's super excited about marriage or family. Like, generally the idea of what it is and the functionality of it, like all that's still kind of, you can apply it to fiction, but it's just kind of one of those things to where she gets so like burnt out and trash kind of like the, with the Trey experience when she gets with Harry, it does feel, well, when she gets with him, it doesn't feel rushed, but like the marriage part of it, like that aspect of it does feel pretty rushed. Well, I think they just wanted to get to her getting to have a, a kid. Yeah. And they weren't ready to go without having a proper partner, especially for Charlotte, because Charlotte was always is supposed to be the most proper one of the four. Right. And she yeah. like went to Smith, which it's really funny because they're like, oh, yes, she was in a sorority at Smith. And I was like, oh, you have never read a Wikipedia article about Smith College, have you? Would you, would you care to enlighten anyone about Smith College? <laughs> yeah, Smith doesn't have sororities because they don't believe in further divisions between women. Oh. oh, okay. Good job, Which I writers. Think is pretty pretty rad. I think that's uh, a great Smith, idea, honestly. Smith College is also where like Sylvia Plath went, and like a lot of other very cool female artists and writers. But it's often, especially at the time, was kind of stereotyped as the school those sad lesbians went to. Isn't that every college though? <laughs> it's every all women's college. For sure. Or high school. But middle school. There's definitely an echelon of the preppy girls who go to Smith. Uh, Usually those are the the ones with really overprotective daddies, which kind of makes sense given how Charlotte is. I think just when Mark talks about this show, would you agree, Kat, that Charlotte, of the three of us, I think you may like Charlotte the most. Is it just because of the job aspect or is it something more there? I think that she's the closest to an actual good foil that the show presents. I don't think she's great at it because, I again, I just don't think the writers were like – I shouldn't blame the writers. I don't think that the production was designed with actual sex positivity and character growth in mind. I'm intrigued by her growth. I'm intrigued by the fact that when she realizes that Kyle McLaughlin maybe can't get it on with her, she's kind of like, uh, like, and that's like a problem for her. Right. And that's so different than – the Charlotte that we saw in the first season. You know, I like the idea that through this group of women, she's grown to identify and prioritize her own needs. And I wish that that had been centered a little more. 
but I see a lot of potential in, in Charlotte. And I think maybe that potential is more what I was drawn to. What about for you, Kels? How do you feel about Charlotte? I personally identify with Charlotte as, like, if someone says, what character are you from Sex and the City? Sex and the City. I'm going to be like Charlotte York. <laughs> now, reason being, the naivety, or I can't even say it, the, being naive. Um, naivete? Yeah. Yes, that, that beautiful word that I just slaughtered. I'm not so much that. Maybe when I was younger, I was kind of like that. But the romance is definitely me because I'm a hopeless romantic and stuff. So I'm not like so far as become Jewish to get married or anything. But the, the power of love is just something that I've always kind of held on to in my my, my little black heart that is now with well, me. Well, do you mean <laughs> your little African-American heart or your dead? No, I, I meant black, just darkened from the, the hate and the evil that exists in the world. It's like charred because I, I do have red love in there, too thankfully but um i am a hopeless romantic and seeing her constantly be that voice in the background like yeah but what if you guys are meant to be together and then samantha's like honey it was just fucking you know (laughs) i kind of can see that point because there's been plenty of times in my life where i've been in that situation not to be the one that's like shown from what if you meant to hook up with that girl last night and you guys are gonna get married i'm not (laughs) that dude but just the romance and stuff i i definitely can identify with that if you are that dude that's totally fine with us you know that right yeah yeah i i, I know i'm in a safe space i wouldn't be here if i wasn't <laughs> talking about sex in the city at 38 um Hilarious. 34 i know right over here yeah 23 <laughs> and that is how you get three different opinions from three different people <laughs> i i also think that Part of perhaps the reason that I like Charlotte isn't even necessarily a Charlotte thing. It's that in a lot of sex positive spaces, people who are, I won't even say like prudish, I'll I'll go ahead and say sheltered, right? Who are a little more sheltered or even a little less like actively sexual are sometimes excluded from those spaces, even if they're sex positive themselves, you know, but they they are perhaps not as inclined to sex as some other folks. So it was kind of nice seeing her have a place at the table. Yeah. Where even though she was kind of comparatively prudish, which I don't like using that word. I think it's really stupid. But like, I acknowledge that that's kind of how she's framed. She definitely comes in as the snobby one is the idea they go for. But she's just so stinking sweet, man. Like, you can't help but root for Charlotte in the day, even when she's acting like an asshole, because she has her moments, too. She sure does. But she's <laughs> always welcome at, at the group. She's not less than because she's got different opinions or needs than anybody else. I think she's is welcome, though, because, she, I mean, she's getting it in just as much as at least Carrie. Definitely more than Miranda. Yeah. Actually, well, well, no, I would say if you well, if you think about from the seasons with Trey and her like finding Harry and that like Miranda was still trying to get it in with like randos then. So, but I, I think if the if the sex tot- if the sex totals actually happen, I think it's Samantha first, Miranda second, Charlotte third, and then uh, Carrie fourth. Which is wild to think about Charlotte okay. having more go- having more dudes and carry but well the thing with charlotte though that i always loved about her is her story arc would have like she'd be like oh i met this guy and stuff and it'd be like obviously we know we're going to get to the point where they, they might hook up but her stuff would come some so out of left field sometimes like even the stuff with harry when they first hooked up he's like yeah i got this bachelor pad i'm trying to sell and he's like he turns on a couple lights and then it's like party time for charlotte she's like drops it all and they're like on the bed so it's like she she just 
when she gets the urge, she acts on it probably quicker than anyone but Samantha. I think it's maybe just that like she often engages in in sex and discourse like differently. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. that she does it less. I guess that yeah. that's a better clarification. I feel there should be more room for her at the table because they still routinely are like, oh my God, you don't want to do this thing. And like, it's like, oh my God, y- yes. And that's okay. What makes me want to get close to someone and snuggle? Fear. Salutations. I'm Melisette. And on a frightful fret with Melisette, I read classic horror stories combining audiobooks and audio drama into a podcast. Come away with me into the darkness and let me make your ears tingle with a sensation of terror. A Frightful Fret with Melisette. Available everywhere podcasts are and find us at ourfrightfulfret.net. Don't forget. There's two things I want to extrapolate, but the first thing I want to ask I want Kellen to kind of think about this question. So you said that you're you're like Charlotte in the sense that you're like a hopeless romantic. What's like the thing that you did the most that you felt like I'm I'm a total simp, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put my heart out there on the line in the name of love. Let me think about it for a second. I think I know where I'm gonna go, but go ahead. All right, Cap, I'm gonna ask you after Kellen gives his answer, but I want to actually go back a little bit. A little bit more for what you said. When you say you don't like the word prude, why is that? I think that's pretty interesting. Why is that? Yeah. I, I also don't like the word horror particularly because I think that they are two words used to dissuade women from practicing their sexual agency. Okay. And I think that choosing not to have sex is no more or less valid than choosing to have sex. And I don't think that – I think those are both very judgmental words for things that aren't necessarily like a competition or or something that people should be judged on. Additionally, I tend to find that a lot more women are sex positive than they think they are, perhaps just because they don't like hooking up with randos or whatever. They feel that they must not be sex positive, and that's not true. You can be sex positive and have a lower sex drive or be on the asexuality spectrum, and that's okay. So I think that creating those those divisions is really harmful, especially because like women and non-male presenting folks really need to have each other's backs because we're significantly more likely to be demonized for the choices we make with our own bodies. Excellent points. And it just hit me when you brought up asexuality. If this show would have tried to have anybody as asexual, it would have been so terrible. Oh my god. They would have like so what? You don't so have poorly. sex. You don't like it? Samantha, Samantha would have like, literally honey. exploded. They're like, honey. <laughs> you gotta let somebody get in there and stir the pot every once in a while. Basically. My well, Samantha's ma'am. awful. <laughs> well, she's she's the best, but you know. I don't think. Imagine explaining that to her. That would that'd be, you that'd know. Be, I I think Sam is. I think Sam is open to the multitudes, but I feel like her at least on the first go around, her brain may like malfunction in a significant yeah. way. The idea of none, that that yeah. that's unfathomable. Unfathomable. Why can't I talk? Unfathomable for Samantha. There you go. <laughs> Syllables are but, hard. But no, I'm I'm really glad you actually explained that out, Kat, because I do think that, well, I think we all can agree that we're all writers in different ways, and we obviously have this podcast platform, so we understand how important words are and the strength they hold, and so I do think it's interesting to actually think about how 
using the word prudish or whore in those kind of ways can can definitely have a negative effect, especially on women. So uh, thank you. Thank you for being smart as fuck. Kat, I love you. Yeah, I love you, too. (laughs) Yeah, that that was super dope. And just to follow up real quick, Kat, I mean, if they had thought about women in that way without trying to put them in a box, we would have easily been able to see those kind of things maybe on the show, even in the early 2000s. But they are so concentrated on having Samantha be the whore and have Mm. Charlotte be the rich girl prude and Miranda be the one that presents the most mannish kind of i'm not i don't want to you know what traditionally I'm traditionally masculine yes yeah. traditionally masculine that's a better way of putting it and then carrie is supposed to be the relatable one right who, but right. carrie's also kind of she's kind of meant i think to be a foil to miranda as well mm-hmm. or she's very feminine and you know she's very kind of princessy almost yeah. And so I think theoretically, right, that's a really interesting roundtable of people to talk about sex and sex experiences with. Yeah. Except that they all feel the same way about everything all the time or will shame you until you agree with them. Or you leave and don't talk to them for a while. Right. Which I just think is respectfully kind of (laughs) crummy. Yeah. I feel like there's lots of times Charlotte was ostracized for different things and they literally kind of pushed her into leaving but it was always played for laughs that's right i'm leaving blah blah blah. and charlotte's stomping off in her heels and everything you can tell she's mad they then it's all fine later they made fun of her for eating ass samantha of all people yeah but also like the that blowjob conversation really bothers me because like they're so dismissive when she she doesn't even say like i've never tried it so i don't know she's like i don't like it the truth is, I hate doing it. Honey, you can't be serious. Are you telling us you never perform this act? She'll juggle, she'll spin plates, but she won't give head. I don't like putting it in my mouth. I have a very sensitive gag reflex, and it makes me want to puke. That's one way to say no. But it's not like I haven't tried. I practiced on a banana. I pretended it was a popsicle, but I just don't like it. Yeah. Right. And it's instead of being like... Me. Hi, I'm a sex columnist. Let me help you come up with some workarounds or let me help you come up with some ways that we can like work through this together. Let's work on some alternatives, like whatever. They're just like, oh, my God. Like, you don't want to put in your mouth. What's wrong with you? And like, you know, he said, you know, (laughs) the answer might be fucking nothing. Because as someone who has had jaw disorders for most of my life. And this is getting edited out. Well, no, 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 no. Just saying. No, I was just waiting to see what was going to come next. For some people, it it literally is, I don't like it because it hurts. Something could go wrong. My jaw might dislocate and that would suck. You know, or it could be something as simple as like when I brush my molars, I kind of start to throw up a little bit because I'm sensitive. Like, you know, there's so many reasons why someone might not like it. So instead of coming up with any sort of workaround or, hey, let's figure out some other things that you can do. Like, they're just like, oh, my God, how could you? And it's like, you sound betrayed. She's not sucking your dick and you don't even have one. Not sucking the collective dick of New York, essentially. How dare you, Charlotte? So, Kellen, we need that hopeless romantic story. I mean, I'm trying to pick the the one. <laughs> there, there's so many dumb things. But um, me and Angel had probably kicked it a few times. And I don't even know if we had an official date at this point. We might have. We might have went to a cosmic bowling on Thursday night. 
at the bowling alley, which is free for the for the college kids. At the lair? No, no, no. They this is in uh, Kaiser at uh, Potomac State. Oh, okay. So they had a bowling alley that was right down the street that we used to go to. But yeah, I was similar to the lair situation. But I definitely know that either I think it was after that that time, I had met her at her job, which is at the News Tribune, because she was working just uh, doing some secretary stuff and uh, different jobs around the newsroom and stuff. Got her flowers with my broke ass. I don't know how I afforded the flowers. <laughs> Took them to her. We had our first kiss, which was just a little peck. It wasn't it? Wasn't even a peck. It was a decent kiss, but it wasn't wasn't one of those grandiose like you know like the dip and everything now and all that. I, I w- had no game. Still have no game. But I'd say probably within a week of me doing that, and probably before our second official date, which was in my dorm room where I like made an indoor picnic for us <laughs> with candles <laughs> oh, really and, and and the Brian McKnight on the CD. kicking what kicking what's out the room so i could have this picnic fairly certain that i told her i loved her and i that was the simp move and she's like you don't even show me and i was like i love you no no no, this is her move this is her move and she confirmed to this day i was like i love you and she's like thank you like i mean (laughs) but you know i didn't care i didn't care i wasn't i was like he didn't say or she didn't say i love you back it was like you know what i'm gonna say it i'm gonna shoot my shot there's and, a, a great line in, in the movie Big Fish uh, where he says, I love you. And she goes, I hardly, he, but you hardly know me. And he says, but I have the rest of my life to find out. And like, oh, that has big class. that energy. Yeah. Yeah. So y- your boy is definitely a hopeless romantic. She tends to remind me every now and then that like, you yeah, and then I, and then I'll do something romantic. And she's like, oh, you're so sweet. I'm like, yeah, I know. I, I don't do enough. I don't do as much as I could. Or as much as I used to, but it, it's still there. So when I think about it, and I, I'm able to really bring them out on her, you know, no TI. Because I was just thinking about, oh, the first kiss of the person that I'm seeing now. I literally used him because I had too much lipstick on and I couldn't find a paper towel. Hilarious. Man, so what? that's an interesting... What you do, blot? Did you yeah, blot? Yeah, I, I literally did like a full press of lips just to like get some off. <laughs> hilarious i'm gonna kiss you now but i don't know how what this means other than my makeup is my lipstick is too much right now i don't think i even told him i think i just turned around and did it i mean if that's not fly i don't know what is for me man like i don't even say it's simp i don't know if it's romantic or not but like i would definitely write terrible poetry to to, to woman that i fancied obviously i'm a writer so i'm big on like writing letters to explain the infinite love that I have at that moment in that particular set of time for uh-uh. for the album I fancied. So I I did the poetry in high school, and there may or may not have been some recorded tapes of me singing acapella to girls in middle school. Nice middle which school, I hope, which I hope don't exist anymore because there's only one person I know who might have it, and if she does, I really like her to get rid of it. So if you're listening to this, please get rid of that tape of me singing Joe to see Love You for Life.
that's fucking nice, man. I bought a woman flowers recently. Um, well, not recently. Like I didn't get them months ago, but you're not a woman. Um, so <laughs> I bought that a woman. attitude. <laughs> oh, you gotta try her, killing God. Damn it. But no, I bought her like it was like months ago, and she was like shocked. I guess I don't know, men aren't aren't doing that shit anymore. So I don't Kellen, buy your wife some flowers, man. I don't know. <laughs> um, I left, last... bought her some flowers. Sorry, cat. No, uh, good. It was right a few weeks after they reopened schools here in Morgantown, and she was super stressed and just having a bad day. So I did bring her flowers on a random one morning, probably about two months ago. Flowers, man. Flowers underrated. How are flowers underrated? That's so wild to me. But, you know, so we're talking about kind of how the show dismissed, at least in the beginning seasons, Charlotte's conservatism, just like her overall presence and even the idea of, you know, quote unquote, uh, being approved. But I do think the best episode that she had, which in actuality is, you know, we talked about it in the first episode, like the the biphobic episode. But her storyline in episode is actually remarkably dope and fucking sexy as hell. <laughs> so her agreeing to do the photo shoot as a man and then kind of like her transformation to that and like like totally falling like falling into it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they don't have a lot of times when they handle nuance really well, but I do think that in those kind of moments when she's like getting into character, I think she actually acted that significantly well. And you can kind of see like her letting herself go and then kind of falling into it. And oh yeah, the show doesn't have like a lot of moments like that to where obviously the show, the whole, sh- that whole episode is about sexuality and then gender and gender roles. And most of the conversation other than kind of what Sam was bringing to the table, a lot of the conversation was a bit negative, but I do think that her performance in that episode, it did kind of show how a lot of these times, you know, these are all feelings that people have and they fall into it and they embrace it. And then they are better people for embracing what they naturally feel about the world or whatever or about themselves so would you guys feel about charlotte in that episode i agree with you that she totally kind of fell into the role and played it really well but shout out to not just charlotte york but Kristen davis because that may be one of the finest moments in the series as far as acting goes because she was able to slip into the role she was convincing and even though she we're talking about gender fluidity even though she was completely reversing her role and was playing a man she was sexy as hell doing that and i don't know if anybody else in the cast could have done that in the main cast um quite as well and carried that storyline the way that she did and again more credit to Kristen davis she got a lot of the heavy stuff as far as the storylines went and while they didn't let her go too deep with it or let things drag too long on Charlotte's stories, because you had to keep the show moving, of course, I really feel like it's just a a big um, nod to everything that she was able to do on the show acting-wise and with the character of Charlotte. So that, that episode did not surprise me how well she pulled it off. Yeah, I think that one thing that Kristen Davis really brought to the role in every instance, but really in this episode, 
is is this sense of grace. Yeah. Like she really has this this ability to roll with things, but yeah. also to make them feel very natural and oh of course this we would get here. And this yeah. is how it would go. The way that she so seamlessly rolled that in to the character, but also to the characterization, because I do think you see echoes of how she stood and how she holds her head even in subsequent episodes, which is a really like that's a commitment. And I think that was pretty impressive to see. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Malachi. And this is Alejandra. And you're sitting on the couch and your life is passing you by because you're not watching Insert Name Here. Catch us Wednesdays at 8 p.m. on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you missed us, you can catch us on Friday on Spotify and Amazon. Yeah, obvious nonsense, gang, gang. Hyper Podcast Squad, you never take us down. So the episode in hand, Boy Girl, Boy Girl, Season 3, Episode 4. I think Season 3 is probably her best season because they transitioned her from the one-liners to actually having gravity and dramatic tension. Mm -hmm. And the episodes, especially when she's, like, in conflict with Trey, those moments feel very legitimate. Like, you feel this woman who is struggling in her marriage and she's trying to kind of, you know, hold it together. And, And also that happens in season four as well. But I think everything that they did especially for that dramatic tension in that season uh, really shines. And so I, I think that season four is definitely Samantha's season. Season three is definitely Charlie's season, I would say. Yeah. What are you doing out here? Improving my serve. Trey, stop. You're upset. And what I did was so wrong. And I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, what can I say? Apparently unable to meet your needs, so from time to time, as much as I detest it, I guess I'm just gonna have to look the other way. I don't want a husband who looks the other way. I want a husband who takes me in his arms and makes me not want to kiss the gardener. Charlotte, no marriage is perfect. And so much of what we have is wonderful. We can have separate lives and still be together. Totally acceptable. As Charlotte looked at her perfect husband on his perfect tennis court, at their family's perfect country house, she realized the one thing that was missing was that perfect connection with an imperfect person. Trey, when we get back to the city, I think that we should separate for a while. All righty. And again, I feel like that's more season three is really when they started opening up and realizing that they have this ensemble here and it can't obviously be about Carrie and Big, um, even though there was shades of more storylines for the girls in season two. And of course, they had more episodes. Um, they really kind of got to spread open the wing, the the world of Sex in the City, starting with season three. And Charlotte definitely was outstanding in her in season three. Samantha was great in season four, like you said. I don't know if there was ever a season where Carrie consistently had a, a good season because she always is doing fucked up shit. So there was always something that was like two steps forward, one step back for Carrie. And Miranda just never got that shine. I feel I like season, season one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, Since it they was got so much you about on, her. On the fish hook of Carrie Bradshaw. And yeah. then from then on, it was really just about reeling you through the rest of their stories. Yeah. They put a tutu on a fish hook and the white women ate that shit up. <laughs> <laughs> basically there's also a, a great tiktok trend right or like not a trend but this guy on tiktok who does uh your gay stepdad <laughs> and whenever I've seen your gay stepdad. <laughs> he's, he's like your gay stepdad at universal studios and the intro is always set to the sex in the city music yes Hilarious. yes now I'm just like, I, that show, can the Sex and the City reboot actually be about, like, Carrie's gay friends actually having dimension that matters and, like... Yeah, that'll be in stereotypes. Can Absolutely. it be about, like, alternative romance styles and sex styles without shaming those? Can there yeah. be a workshop about boundaries? Yeah. Well, I'm sure we're going to get all of that in this reboot. So I, you, I'm not lick your chops. No, I'm, like, I think it's no. going to be I think it's going to end up being like fucking book club. It, it's going to be bad. It will be like, bad. I mean, because later in the show and especially in the first movie, they just don't know how to write aging women. They just they just don't. And especially now when like they have to be in their near 50s by now. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I don't Definitely think they to handle it well. And speaking of the movie, so I actually watched the second movie. Why did this, you do that? Uh, I was he hanging out with uh, well, touche. Uh, I was I was hanging out with my homegirl, and she knew she knew that I was um rewatching the show, and so she like wanted to watch the movie. And you, the crazy shit is, before they go to Abu Dhabi, I will admit the movie is halfway decent. I will mm-hmm. admit that. As soon as they get to the UAB, UAE, it's it goes all the fucking rails, man. Like it's it's the the racism is so bad. So so can you remind me what Charlotte and Miranda's roles were in the second movie? Uh, well, Charlotte's like motherhood is hard. And I yeah. think my husband is fucking the nanny. But oh, that might just right. be that I don't Shut feel attractive up. anymore. I forgot. Yeah. Amazing tits. I really <laughs> feel like it should have been a reflection on, like, boundaries. Like, it should have been, like, I need to ask for help more. I need to do this more. Like, whatever. Right? But instead, she's like, what if I'm ugly? And it's like, Jesus Christ. The only man that actually matters in the show is Big, but that's only because Carrie, they, they just have conflict or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Harry doesn't matter, Steve doesn't matter. Even the wedding that the movie opens up with, like, even though it's the two gay dudes who are the, the stars of the show, like, that doesn't necessarily matter. It's only that their wedding is only used to plant the idea that Carrie and Big are never going to have children. And where is their life leading to now? So ultimately, right. their their wedding doesn't really matter. I just appreciate, though, what, like, Sex in the City, the show, is about four different women with different goals in their sex lives, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. by the Sex in the City 2, it's like, babies? Babies. There must be ba- What is a marriage without babies? And it's like, Jesus Christ, guy. Charlotte, like, did, Charlotte did that a lot in the second movie, too. Like, I was oh, like, you're babies. Babies, babies, babies. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay. I didn't like that they did that to her. Women can be childless by choice. Women can be married and be childless. 
children are not and and no offense to your kid kellen but children are not the be all end all of relationships and marriages right yeah as somebody who was a tube baby and the last ditch attempt at being a tube baby whooping that work i sure did my nine siblings were delicious real hard but like my parents were almost not parents yeah and that's okay the fact that suddenly the movie was like, didn't we mention that that they all wanted babies? And it's like, no, you didn't because they didn't. And now they did. Like, ugh. yeah, like his the entire show, Carrie, I think it was only brought up maybe once during that Aiden engagement about kids. And it was clear, like she didn't want kids like big. Never. I think he even said, like, in the early season, he never wanted kids. In the second movie, like, yeah, Miranda doesn't even have much, honestly. Like, it's right. And the way they, the way they kind of juggle the Muslim faith and the shit. So, oh they my did. God, there was one thing that was super wild that I I never noticed until I watched it recently. Mm. So we all know how Charlotte is converted to Judaism, and yes. her last name is Golden Blatt. When yeah. she went over there. She she had her name registered as York, and she outwardly said, <laughs> "I can't even get it out." Like she basically she intimated like, "Yeah, they don't fuck with Jews over here." It was, it was so fucking wild. It was so fucking wild. Uh, she said, "Oh, just in case." Like, oh my god, bro. <laughs> you're so right. You're so right. Yes. Uh, yeah. On the off chance they don't fuck with Jews over here. That shit Jesus. was crazy, bro. Oh my god. I hate the second movie. I agree with you, Marcus. There's something there at the beginning until they go to Abu Dhabi, like you said. But then I know Samantha loves to fuck. Yo. I, I, we understand this. We've been through six seasons of this. She's been but through multiple dicks, dozens of dicks. She's so Oodles. determined, so determined to get it on in public and in places where they can be, she can be seen. She gets them thrown out of the entire country, and literally they're racing a clock. To get to the plane to fly them out before their vi- their visas expire, right? Is that what they're? Well, no, they're no, they just don't have a place to live. Okay, yeah, they don't have anywhere to stay because they're going to start getting charged for the hotel. Which yeah. beautiful hotel, by the way, beautiful sets. If they went over their film, absolutely I mean, gorgeous. You know how some of the like later Ocean's Eleven movies feels like George Clooney was like, hey a bunch of my friends and I should like go to this place and fuck about and I guess make a movie while we're there. I yeah, love that was definitely yeah. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> this kind of had that energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big Adam Sandler, big George Clooney vibes as far as let's go have fun somewhere. Yeah. I did like the scene where they get stuck in the, the shopping center and, and then they have, they're running away because did they steal something no, by accident? No. So in that scene that you're thinking about, so basically, they have to go back to the market because Carrie left their passport there. Yes. On the way, like on the way there, Charlie gets pulled into some seedy guy selling bootleg shit. When they leave, the bootleggers think that Sam stole their Birkin, and in the middle of the tussle to grab the Birkin back, they rip Sam's real Birkin, and out tumbles. An avalanche of condoms, condoms basically and all and all oh my god and, and all, all the, the men all the, all the muslim men <laughs> with their brown skin 
<laughs> are irate at Sam. She's flicking them off, telling them like basically to fuck themselves. Go fuck off. So they try to get away. These Muslim women who who wear like the full the full uh, body coverings, they drag them into like a, a little room or whatever, and then they they take off their their religious garments, and underneath they're wearing like all the designer labels and like oh yeah yes. we love fashion too and then in order I fuck for with that part for some reason that's the part i fuck with oh god this <laughs> is very no insensitive but i like that part uh it's shout out to my mom bosom brothers and sisters but no <laughs> this, this is so <laughs> insensitive but the, and the, the insensitivity cherry on top of the cake is in order for them to escape they all have to wear like the the muslim guards yeah <laughs> like god damn like yeah. <laughs> it's so fucking terrible bro like like it's <laughs> and the whole conflict between big and carrie started because she goes to rape one night and is gone and then big sees her like a day or so later and he's like man i missed you and then they hook up and it's like oh the sparks back so big's like let's spend three nights a week not together <laughs> Yeah, that was he, fucking did, didn't he get the TV too, or was the TV at the beginning of the movie where he got the TV so they could uh, watch old for, movies? For their they anniversary, might as, they might as well get Lucy and Ricky beds at that point. For their anniversary, Carrie gets big uh, a 1968 Rolex with an engraving on the back, and for their anniversary present, <laughs> Big installs a television <laughs> in their bedroom. So which can if, watch old if, movies. If he would explained it better. Like, you know he can't he, communicate. He can't, so he, he he totally failed at it. But that that was just a total shit show, man. Like, it, actually, I think when I think when the TV brought her, I think that's when the movie actually started to get bad. So and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker got her mole removed too for the that's the first movie she does not have it. Oh, I I didn't even notice. It was, it was a lot of shit. So, so I, I miss I miss the mole removal. But speaking of Charlotte and the theme of this episode, oh my gosh! Like the first movie, she just she not fucking with the Mexicans. She no, the Mexicans no, she is not. <laughs> oh my god! Like these movies didn't do her character no fucking justice, man. Like she don't fuck with the Mexicans, she don't fuck with the Irish uh, or the Scottish nanny. For Charlotte's sake, I touched on it a little bit. We're not gonna talk about the movies for her because they don't do her any fucking justice. Yeah, I was gonna say real quick that the only major plot thing was she said besides having her baby in the first movie was she was like, when I see if I see Big, I'm gonna be so mean to him. And then she saw Big. And it was like a oh, gateway right. to get big back with Carrie because he's the one that ended up getting her to the hospital and stuff. And she's like, oh, Carrie, he misses you so bad after everybody's like been telling Carrie to forget about him like for I, almost I do a year. To say, though, the line, I curse the day you were born is like a great. Like, Especially coming from little Charlotte, you know. Yeah, I, I was I like, curse the day you were born. And then it's like, Phew. Like she, she read like one lesbian witchy poetry book and was like, <laughs> "I've got insults for the rest of my life." She really does. These sad broads are on to something. <laughs> Hilarious. So third week in a row, we have to play the game: counter problematic, hella problematic, or burn this character problematic. We did focus on a lot of the positives for Charlotte, touch on some of the negatives, but Kellen, where are we going? We're going with Charlotte York, Golden Black. But Charlotte York, when she goes to Muslim countries, <laughs> free Palestine. I'm going to say kind of problematic. I love Charlotte. 
I feel like the series did do really right by her as far as her story arc from episode one until the season series finale. I feel like she had character growth. I feel like she had always been kind of set in her ways, despite the fact that she wasn't so sure about some things. She really embodied the idea of sex and the city. I mean, she found love. It didn't work out. She's the first one to be divorced. She finds love again, again, rather quickly. But that's kind of like her fairy tale ending, especially with the guy who she didn't find attractive at all, who's mega hairy and then ended up being Jewish and had to convert face in order to be be with him. Aside from just some entitled moments here and there and her being naive sometimes and a little bit closed minded, I'd say she's just kind of problematic. I don't want to get rid of her or anything like that. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to echo that sentiment and I'm going to say that she's kind of problematic. I think that she could have been a really great catalyst for some of the more difficult conversations that the show could have had if they wanted to. And they chose not to, to use her in that way, and that's fine. But I do think that in the show, I didn't watch Sex and the City 2. I've never seen it, and I don't plan to. So I can't really talk about her being do it drunk. the worst. Yet nine Cosmos in, maybe I'll start it. <laughs> I think a lot of her growth is because of Kristen Davis's performance. I Who think knows? that... She went, you know, this happened a couple episodes ago, and this needs to reflect in the way that she carries herself or she holds her drink or she interrupts with this line now. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot she did a lot of the lifting. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how much of that is Charlotte. Yeah, she's kind of problematic. and, And a lot of that is the writing. But I really wanted to make sure I went out of the way to say, like, Kristen, Kristen Davis, I see you. I see you. He's going to burn her at the stake. Go ahead. I think nah. it might be Hekka. Yeah, it's going to be Hella. My spirit is telling me to, to go to Hella. But I agree with everything you guys are saying, especially for a show that its main, supposed main character really has no growth, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I would say of the people that have growth, it's probably between Charlotte and Miranda who grow the most. But I would say... Miranda's more in the end when she has a kid and then she actually accepts the love that she has for Steve all along. But you're already like five, six seasons in at that point. Yeah. But for Charlotte, it's really from episode one up until the end to where we kind of touch on the, the nodal oral episode. And then she kind of has like the sexual double standards. And then she has the episode in season three where she's like, at first not comfortable being nude in public at the public sauna and then she kind of grows to accept that and then the next episode is the gender bent episode where she's dressing like a man for a photo shoot and rubbing her sock like as a cock and then season four continued with the emotional depth and gravity of what her storyline was with trey and then eventually with the um miscarriage she had in the, in the second to last season yeah but so a part of me is I'm leaning more I'm I'm leaning toward the hella problematic. I think I, I am I'm definitely including the movies in this assessment. because uh, she was she was a movies, mess. If she it if was, the movies hadn't happened, she would be only kinda. But the movies yeah. are fucking bad. They're they so, completely forgot her characterization. Yeah. So I'm gonna do the hella problematic for that one. But okay. I think I think our sensibilities still all online fairly evenly though. I have a question that just popped in my head. Would Sex in the City work if Charlotte was the main character? 
Or if any, in fact, if anybody else but Carrie was the main character. Yes, I think it would work better. Ooh, better with Charlotte? Not necessarily Charlotte, but I think... So there's two things that you could do with Carrie, right? One is that you could actually make her the writer who doesn't have a lot of knowledge, but has a diverse group of friends. So she's really good at, at you know, getting the information that she needs and hearing about these people's lives and th- An synthesizing a yeah. good column. Mm-hmm. Or you could turn her in her and Sam and their friendship into a kind of, I'm going to say this and I'm sorry, like a sex Yoda. They're, oh, they're nice. the wise mentor. They're, they're there to help. And they're there to help get our main character, Charlotte, out of her shell a little bit in actual healthy, positive ways. Not in just like, oh, my God, you don't suck dick. Like actually <laughs> examining, you know, what the gender bending said about her or what you know what they can do instead how she can grow as a person as a partner how she can help her partners grow you know you can really it could become more of a like she could she could be a really good main character in that regard if you want to talk about growth the nodal oral episode was season one episode seven the revelation of Charlotte performing analingus was season four, episode six. So <laughs> that's a fucking growth for your eyes. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, if this show stars Samantha and the other three are just the sidekicks, like, yeah, the show, de- the show is definitely can work. I don't think this would work if Charlotte was the focal point unless it really was a show about her growing out of her shell and then kind of reaching a level of maturity and the even and maturity doesn't even necessarily mean like she's open about sex she's open with sex with her partners not just in the public conversation about sex she has a lot of intimate moments with a lot of different men in the show so mm. she doesn't have a problem with sex I think, though, if Charlotte was the the star, kind of alluding to what Kat said, like, it has to be some sort of growth to her. Maybe she's, like, she has sexuality. Well, she has sexuality, but, like, maybe she's someone that she doesn't embrace it. She needs someone to, like, her friends to help her out with. She needs to meet men that are welcoming to that and deserve her love and her sex and stuff like that. I don't think if Miranda no, like absolutely no, like no, I, it's no, absolutely it's, not. Like, if it gets greenlit, it only gets either the pilot or it gets one season. Yeah, I don't see Miranda being the star of the show at all. The Miranda um, episode is gonna be real interesting. <laughs> I think it's yeah, gonna be pretty uh, short. It's gonna be pretty short. <laughs> Can we just start with hella problematic, the problematic game when we get in one, and okay. I get right to shit? Uh, yeah. Oh, we, she's. And and she's this degree of problematic as voted and break. It's a two-minute episode. Follow Cat at Cat underscore Chinity on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Follow Marcus at Sean Matt Love. S-H-O-W-I-N-M-A-D-L-O-V on Twitter. Follow Kellen at B-H-Y-P-H-E-N on Twitter. And search Hyphen Podcast Group on Instagram. Thanks for listening to the great Sexpectations podcast series. We should do this again sometime. This is a Hyphen Podcast production. Are you not entertained? 
you don't suck dick.